0: You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Pelicans insider and credential member of the media, along with editor of LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, here with you all on what's kind of a disappointing Wednesday after the Pelicans lose at home to the uh, Sacramento Kings, second time, by the way. We're going to recap that game, talk about life in the post-Boogie era, because it has certainly not been fun so far. Uh, Another third quarter collapse and issues there as well. And just a very lackluster, you know, uh, uh, second half overall. We've also got some other things we need to talk about because the Pelicans are apparently hot on the trails of Nikola Mirotic over on the Chicago Bulls, potentially trading for uh, Omer Asik and a first round pick for him. So getting out from under the Omer Asik contract. The deal is apparently stalled, fallen through. We'll talk about why. Um, and then talk about him as a player. But then we're going to spend another segment on the Pelicans' salary cap situation, the luxury tax, give you guys some actual numbers with that. You can kind of understand what's going on and why they're maybe hesitant about Nikola Mirotic on the team for next season. So we'll cover all that in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's talk about the loss to Sacramento Kings, 114-103. Again, like the Clippers game on Sunday, this was a game the Pelicans should have won, DeMarcus Cousins or not. And when you just watch this game, again, the Pels had a nine-point lead at one point. They had a lead going into halftime and then coming out of halftime had a very bad third quarter. It wasn't as bad as 15 points like Sunday, but it was 23 points bad instead of 15. And the Pelicans were just straight up out-hustled on the night. It's as simple as that. If you look at just certain little things, Sacramento had 26 second-chance points, points off offensive rebounds and different things like that, compared to the Pelicans, zero. 26 second-chance points we knew that this team was going to maybe struggle a little bit on the offense on the defensive glass. Once cousins left, you're trying to replace 13 rebounds a game combined. That's not an easy thing to do. Let alone teams don't really try and attempt to go for offensive rebounds a ton against the Pelicans. Cause they know they've got the two big birds down low. So it's probably not worth sending guys forward. And you'd rather have guys get back and just get set on D. Uh, but, In last night's game, the Kings managed to grab 14 offensive rebounds. So there you go. 26 second chance points. That is a horrible number. And a lot of that, though, comes just from energy, effort, and giving a damn. Those are three words I'm going to get so sick of saying at the end of this year. And there were boards that Pelicans could have fought for instead of just kind of standing around and ball watching. Again, 26 second chance points not a nice thing not a good thing not what you want to see at all what makes this game a little more frustrating is the pelicans even had a good shooting night they shot 50.6 percent overall from the field and 36 percent from three that's pretty good for them usually when we see this team lose they're bombing away and they're not hitting anything and that really wasn't the case they could score and it was kind of a well-balanced effort you got eight points from Etuan Moore, I mean four from Cunningham, whatever. He played under 10 minutes, went to halftime, and did not play in the second half. Anthony Davis, who we'll talk about in a minute, put up 23. Holiday looked great in the first half, with uh, scored 21 points total, and looked like he was playing on a different level compared to the rest of the Pelicans. His team came out tired, sloppy, not really caring, except for Drew Holiday, who was out there trying to make things happen. He's having his best year as a pro. We definitely need to appreciate him more because at times it was him just keeping the Pelicans in this game, getting them their lead, and keeping it close. Uh, Rajon Rondo, you know, is still in a weird spot with the rotation where his minutes are up and down. You see him playing in the second and fourth quarters at times now when he hasn't done that before. Darius Miller chipped in um, with 10 points. Ian Clark, 20 points. Jameer Nelson, I think, took it personally that two-way contract player Mike James was put into the game before him and went off for 10 points, hitting some big threes at times that the Pelicans needed. You had a good, well-rounded effort, and you could not it didn't matter because of the lack of effort, lack like after going for those 50-50 balls and rebounds. And this team, I don't know what it is with the third quarter and we've written about i've written about the third quarter we've talked about it extensively here just comes out flat again tonight last night the same issues no ball movement no passing no off-ball movement no cutting and then you have a superstar in anthony davis who is the leader of this team the de facto leader who doesn't seem to want to step up and carry this team to a victory and I think again, you know, things were going poorly for the Pelicans earlier on in the year. People started to turn on AD. He put up those Herculean efforts um, against Boston and New York. Things kind of turned around for the Pelicans, and people were loving him again. But he's starting to catch catch some heat after last night. He only took sixteen shot attempts, was six of sixteen to get to the free throw line ten times, nine of ten from there. Thirteen boards, as we said, twenty three uh, points, and six blocks. So. I mean, look, he's still good, he's still trying, but this is a guy who needs to step up more. Alvin Gentry said the other night that he you know, doesn't necessarily want Davis taking 40, 30 shots a game, something like that, and he's going to take the shots that are given to him because he doesn't want him trying to just force things out of double and triple teams, which certainly teams are doing right now, and I think that's one of the reasons why he has the lower shot attempts than you would like because every time he gets the ball particularly in the second half once you know teams make adjustments uh you have him getting double triple teamed every single time pretty much and he doesn't want to shoot out of that because that's where he chucks up a bad shot that's really not on his fault but you've then got to design this offense or change a few things where people get the hell open for him and move to make his life easier when people just stand around it doesn't work and that is killing this team right now you've got to come out you've got to care you've got to try hard they're not right now it's as simple as that over the past two games you don't give up 26 second chance points to zero when you're out there giving an effort and giving a damn so third quarters again were a big issue the kings went on a 20 to eight run to start the third period and new orleans didn't have an answer Part of this is coaching adjustments at halftime and the Pelicans not making nearly as many changes to their game plan as the opponents are. Some of this is on players just playing down to the level of the competition. You don't see this team do this against good teams. You don't see this against uh, the Boston Celtics and the the Golden State Warriors in the league. That's an issue here. Someone needs to wake these guys up out of their complacency because it's very frustrating to watch. No one will, will jump off a bandwagon quicker uh, then you know, watching a team that doesn't try and doesn't care. It's awful. No one likes that. You can be scrappy underdogs if you're outmatched and outgunned but playing hard. You're not. You're just kind of this complacent team that thinks they're better than they are and it pisses people the hell off. And you could see it in the fan base on Twitter last night. And again, it's the third quarter. Come out and care. It's sometimes as simple as that. Alvin Gentry said after the game, you know, this is a quote, the third quarter has really been bothering me as much as anything. We've talked about it. They've talked about it. We've gone out and changed some of the things we've been doing. We go back. We look at the tape. I can't get it figured out. Your head coach just says, I have no idea why we're bad in the third quarter. That's terrible. Just, I'm kind of out of words with it. Your head coach, I don't know what's going on. You guys, this has been going on all year. It shouldn't. Maybe if you don't know what's going on, it's okay. But you got to do something to fix it at this point. There's 32 games left in the season, something like that, and you still don't know and still don't have an idea, at least, of how to fix it. Not necessarily executing the idea, but just coming up with a you know a solution. Can't say right now that this bodes well for the rest of the season for the Pelicans in their quest to make the playoffs. So before we move on to the Nikola Mirotic trade and potential trade, I should say, and the salary cap situation for the Pelicans, fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why draft and playdraft.com is my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me. More than 1 million people have already downloaded the draft app as well. Play in a real live NBA draft right now, be done in under five minutes, and get paid out the very next day. Drafts are filling up every second so you can join one whenever you want. And that's the key to this. Those salary cap sites are used by pros. You know, they have access to databases, spreadsheets, of all this information on what player's not being picked, what player might go off you don't have that kind of information, you're at a disadvantage and not going to win as much money as you could. But in PlayDraft and the Draft app, you absolutely have your sports fan knowledge advantage compared to everyone else. You guys listen to the podcast. I know how smart you are just from that alone. You draft Anthony Davis, you're the only one that can reap the benefits and it actually will help you. That's not going to go to anybody else. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code LOPelicans. That's right, playing a real money draft for free just by using my promo code LOPELICANS. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering Locked On Pelicans listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with the promo code LOPELICANS. So yesterday it came out from Vincent Goodwill that the Pelicans were working on a deal to bring Nikola Mirotic from the Chicago Bulls to the, to the New Orleans Pelicans. And just that by itself is a good move. Looking at the kind of quality of a player he is and what he brings to the table with his skill set should synergize and fit very well next to Anthony Davis. Even better news was that maybe Omer Asik was being sent out and along with a future first-round pick, and that's really okay I think everyone knew this future first was probably going to be gone at some point. So sending that out along with Auschwitz, let alone to get a player back of quality and one you can use, definitely is a thing that's going to be okay. And I think most Pelicans fans saw this deal and were thrilled. Uh, Mirtich makes $12.5 million this year, and then he's got a team option for next year. And that's what we're going to focus on in a minute, because that team option is apparently getting very tricky for the situation the Pelicans find themselves in. On the season, though, Miritich, who missed the first number of games, let's talk about that, from getting punched in the face by teammate Bobby Portis. So we don't quite know what happened exactly with that early on in the year, but before the season started, they got in a fight after practice, and Miritich had his face broken, basically. Um, And basically, all the players and everyone seemed to kind of side with Bobby Portis. So the guy who threw the punch, who broke a teammate's face, is the one that everyone's siding with. Can't really... This is all speculation, of course, but that doesn't really say good things about whatever Miritic did after practice. So, who knows there? Anyway, Miritic, just some basic stats, numbers, things like that. 6'10", power forward, big dude, can shoot the three. Um, obviously since we're talking about him and that's what the Pelicans kind of need has played 25 games this season, started just three, but he's averaging, if I can pull him up here, uh, 16.8 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game. He's making over two threes a game, almost three, he's making 2.8 threes a game and shooting 42.9% from deep. He's a career 36.1% shooter, so it might be a bit of a small sample size thing there. Again, since he's only played uh, under 700 minutes so far this year. But he's having a very good season, taking 12.1 field goal attempts, making 5.7 of them. you would like that maybe to be a little bit higher, the field goal percentage. Since he's not a traditional close-to-the-basket big, yeah, he's not going to kind of put up those kind of great shooting numbers that you see from guys like DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis. So... You know, this is a big who though you can put next to a D for NBA math. He's one of the uh, better uh, court spacing bigs by like a long shot, according to them. The guy's under a certain amount of minutes, so keep that in mind. Uh, so this is a big that fits really well. You do need a guy who can space the court in in a big next to Anthony Davis you know Davis struggles when he's put next to a traditional center like Omer Asik because it's three or four guys in the paint kind of mucking things up for him the reason the Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins pairing has worked so well is because they do have the ability to get to the three point line they can stretch the court that way and keep you know you you've got to suck a defender out of the paint leaving more room to work for the other one down low you can kind of get this high low game going with them and that's what's been going on Miritich and Davis definitely can do that together with the three-point spacing he provides. You've got to keep someone on him, so it will be okay there. So that's the real good thing. The other great thing is you get rid of Omer Asik. you trading a first just to bring in any quality player is going to be a good thing for this Pelicans team. But that's where the snags are starting to get. And we're going to go over it here, then we'll do a reset, and then we'll dive into the luxury tax and all of that and what that means for this Pelicans franchise. So this team, the Pelicans, are about two 1.2 million. We're just gonna do round numbers to make it easy. 1.2 million away from the NBA's hard cap, meaning they can't go over that. It's simple as that. Hard cap, you can't make any more moves. You can't do anything, um, and then you're done. So they are 1.2 million away from that right now. Mirtich makes uh, what I say 12 and a half million per year. Omer Asik does makes less than that so if you were to just straight do this trade ashik from miritich it puts the pelicans uh it's going to add about 1.9 million to their salary cap sheet meaning they can't do it because they only have 1.2 to spend because of the hard cap situation they find themselves in so other salary would need to go out from new orleans whether that's check diallo frank jackson alexia Jinsa, anything that where you can move some salary maybe uh jameer nelson what have you. That's what this team needs to be doing to complete this trade. So that's really been the hang-up, I think, right now. One, as as done, you can't just make this deal. It's as simple as that. So you've got to kind of structure this more. So maybe it was too early to leak it. But, and we're going to talk about this after the reset, the other issue might have to do with the Pelican side and nothing to do necessarily with the trade pieces, but next year with this team and giving you some insight on what maybe they plan to do with DeMarcus Cousins. So we're not focusing a lot on the DeMarcus Cousins injury and the impact it has on the team today, but if you go check out LockedOnPelicans.com right now, uh, Luis Corso also has something up about that. The Pelicans find themselves at this weird crossroads with no great answer. So give it a read to see the different paths available to the Pelicans, what they might need to be looking at, where they might go for this. It's a good primer because certainly we're going to be talking about DeMarcus Cousins and the fallout from this injury in the days and weeks to come. So it sounds like also the reason this trade might be being held up due to other things than players is because the Pelicans are worried about the the team option for Nikola Mirotic next year. So let's go into that and I can kind of give you guys some hard numbers potentially on this type of situation. Uh, Miritich has a no-trade clause because of the way his deal is structured. It's a one-year deal with a team option. And on one-year deals, players get no-trade clauses. So Mirtich can just say no to any trade now. Uh, should the, the option be picked up by the Chicago Bulls, they can trade him without his consent. It becomes a two-year deal then. That's the situation here. The Pelicans are hesitant to guarantee that second year at 12.5 million of the Mirtich deal. The reason for that, as told by Scott Kushner uh, of the New Orleans Advocate, is because they're worried about picking that up and then having the cap space to sign Demarcus Cousins to a max deal or a near max deal. Basically, now they can do both of these things. You can pick up the option and then you can give Mir- uh, Cousins a max deal. Let's say let's just make it easy here. The problem with that is it puts you in the NBA's luxury tax, and that's the issue here. Right now, the Pelicans are uh, $623,000 away from the luxury tax. You pick up Mircic and you get that $1.9 on the books. You're looking at paying that potentially for next season. That's going to be the big issue there. The Pelicans eventually are going to need to pay the luxury tax if they want to compete and to potentially win a title with the way the rosters constructed the salaries out there there's no way around it it's as simple as that the issue is then what happens with the repeater tax so every year so the way the luxury tax works is the first year you're in there you pay dollar for dollar so that you know 1.9 that they're going to kind of be over into the tax on it's it's not quite that um it it doubles so yeah you're paying that in salary and then you're paying the same thing with it so it's a dollar for dollar it's basically two dollars for what that contract costs you after that there's a repeater tax that increases every single year you're in it and also for the dollar amount that you're over it so you can get very stiff penalties that can really hurt your balance sheets and for a team in a small market that doesn't have the most income other than the tv deals different things like that that can definitely be a big big problem for the new orleans pelicans so that's why they're worried about this and they're not necessarily committing to picking up mirotic's uh team option to make this trade go through otherwise they'd be able to do it no problem So, that's the situation here. Again, these moves are legal. They can do them, but this team has its own internal kind of salary cap. Not necessarily the ones set forth by the NBA, but by ones that their own budgets kind of constrict them to. That's a problem. And, look, I get it. Maybe you don't want to spend the luxury tax next year when you know that DeMarcus Cousins isn't going to be coming back fully healthy. Uh, You you know, you're not likely to be a real contender until the season after next and look, it's not my money. I'd pick up the option. I'd bring them in. But again, I'm playing with fake money here. I don't have the, the balance sheets in front of me for them, or the, at least the most accurate ones, um, most recent up-to-date ones. But so it, it kind of changes, and it's easy to be like, yeah, this is the right basketball move, blah, 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 of course. But we don't live in that kind of bubble and in that vacuum, and we've got to look at things around there. The flip side of this, though, is you only calculate luxury tax on the final day of the season, meaning that if they're over it right now just to make this work or for next year, you can make a trade that then does get you under the luxury tax next season. We see teams do it all the time. The Clippers did it with Blake Griffin, where they traded him, and it dropped the them from in the luxury tax to below it. So right now, they're not on pace to pay it. These are all the ways this works, so seeing the Pelicans kind of not make this move right now, and maybe it comes through later, is a bit questionable, knowing that one, he'd be on a one-year expiring deal for $12.5 million in Miritich, and you'd be able to trade him. So that's everything kind of around this right now. I'll probably tweet out once I get the do the calculations and update my salary cap spreadsheet, the specific hard numbers, so you guys can kind of see what the payments and all of that might be uh, for this Pelicans team, and maybe understand a little bit more about what's going on. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Ugly loss for the Pels last night against the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully they can get a trade done or something to improve the fortune because this two-game slide could easily turn into four with a back-to-back coming up against OKC in Minnesota. Definitely not what the Pelicans needed at this time. These next two games are probably the toughest leading up to the All-Star break. So hopefully they can spend some time practicing, working out, and figuring this all out. Back tomorrow with you all to probably talk more about DeMarcus Cousins, what the Pelicans might do. Hint, it's probably give him a big money contract. We'll talk some more about why uh, and when people why people don't think they should do that, but understand that the situation is very fluid right now. So we'll look at all of that and more in tomorrow's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. and I'll be back with you guys tomorrow.